Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Ooh. This is... Number uh, one, Baylor. Down they go. This will be your normally scheduled episode and an instant reaction. As Michael just said, Texas Tech just took down number one, Baylor, in Waco, 65-62. The last of the unbeatens has fallen Sucks to suck bears. Now, <laughs> as we were preparing, as we were finalizing our notes, uh, notice that Ken Palm has updated their rankings. Um, Baylor's still number one. I'm fine with that. Actually, it's even better. They're still number one. 15 and one. Although the, the adjusted efficiency margin, which has them at number one, they're now only five one hundredths of a point ahead of Gonzaga. Like that, there was a little bit more of a gap there, and then uh, Houston checking in at three. They've got a almost three full points between Gonzaga and Houston, so a little bit of a gap. Kansas at four. I'm okay with them being up there too. Tech Tech just beat them. Yeah. What a what That's a fine. what a good uh, 96 hours for Texas Tech yeah. basketball. Texas Tech gives and. Uh, you know, then they get theirs too. I mean, they, they, they take, they receive, they, they allowed Iowa state to break their 20 something game, big 12 losing streak. And then within a week's time, they returned the favor and broke Baylor's 20 something game, big 12 winning streak. So it's just the ebb and flow. Texas tech is just there. Mark Adams is the great equalizer. It's beautiful. It's, it's a fun, it's a fun time to be a, a basketball fan. It's it's a fun time to just watch Mark Adams on the sideline because you know it took some getting used to after having Chris Beard around for a few years, who's so animated and so uh, loud, and you know gets getting the crowd into it. Which you know, hey, I liked that. That was fine. So it took a little getting used to Mark Adams, and I, I now enjoy it so much because Fran. Frischella mentioned it. How do you say his name? Yeah. Did I, did I miss in the letter in there? Fran Frischella. Frischella? Frischella. I don't know. Man. Frischella. It's not like McCullough. McC- I didn't miss that. I, I love that, by the way. I That's just, that's like Long Island, New York coming out or Brooklyn or wherever heck he's from. I mean, that's, that's great. McCullough. He just can't help it. Uh, but anyway, he, he brought up, um, Adam's demeanor and just how he's cool as cool as a cucumber over there. And it's so accurate. And that's something I've enjoyed this season is just watching him because if tech's up by 30, if they're down by 30, if which they haven't been yet, fortunately, if they're up by two with 10 seconds left or the game's just started and Baylor rattles off a nine Oh run, there's Mark Adams on the sideline with his arms crossed, just kind of like taking it all in jaw set trying to figure it out it's the same he's just I, I don't know he's an oak Wyatt it's just fantastic we'll we'll get into the the Baylor instant reaction in just a couple minutes um, I, I will say we the family and I we, we picked up dinner tonight uh, we went to Rosa's oddly enough we didn't do taco Tuesday we all got different things that were not tacos but we got in the car and it was like Baylor nine Oh two minutes in. I was like, Holy smokes. <laughs> uh, and at one point you were down 15, 15 points in the first half it was 31 to 16. Um, 
With six minutes left. Texas Tech rattles off a 10-0 run. It was like, oh, gosh. But, like, <laughs> I, I, I kind of made a joke about it in our Slack chat. I was like, 10-0 run to pull within five. <laughs> like, we were uh, we were down big. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll get into that in just a second. Uh, if you want to follow us on the Twitter, we've got lots of interaction going on right now uh, of your thoughts and reactions coming in from the game. It's at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at Punts Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Um, if you have been keeping up with us, you know that we have completed our third season on the Rob Rose College Tailgate Show. Finished it up this weekend with the preview of the Alabama-Georgia game, which we'll maybe talk about later. <laughs> Is that what? Yeah, yeah, that was it. That was it's it. Just nonstop SEC football the whole two hours. Yeah. Um, and then if you were hanging with us this weekend after Texas Tech knocked off Kansas, you know that we are doing our instant reactions over on Spotify Green Room, which is the live audio only sports talk platform, free for you to download and to use. Talk to us, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Perfect for watch parties, debates post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. Join in on conversations with us. Have a chance to be featured on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll be hosting rooms every week, every Saturday afternoon or evening after Tech Tech basketball games. Come through and talk with us live. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app. It's free on the iOS and Google App Stores. Create a profile, link your Twitter, Join the group. Follow me at Spencer Rogers to be notified when we go live. Come with your spiciest takes. All right. So, Michael. Yes. You ready to talk a little bit of basketball? Please, may we? May we. All right. Let's do it. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Over the top of Bowman, get a crowd strip by Owens. Already on the run, bounce pass. Here's Culver. Evans, yes. Game over. Mooney with a crossover and the lob to Owens. Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go. Edwards with a three. Good. What a shot, Kyler Edwards. Ready, double into Tariq. Oh, puts it down. Already. Odiasi! Tropars it in! Got clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Good! Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Woo! Stepping up big time. Dagger. Culver with the dish. Odiasi! And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. All right, man. Texas Tech basketball takes down number one Baylor 65-62 on the road in Waco in front of what a lot of people said was a pretty light crowd. Um, That's kind of disappointing. I mean, who knows? It's five, five o'clock. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. In Waco, there's probably a lot going on. Sure, man. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm trying not to dog it too much, but yeah, you figure at top 25 teams in town, you should show up. Yeah, man. So big news of the game. McCuller 
got back in, did not start, but played. Um, did look, especially early on or early in this in the first half, like his ankle wasn't a hundred percent. He was limping Stish. around, moving. Oh, the, the guy, what did he have underneath that like sock or compression? It almost looked like a, like it could have been a splint or something. I don't know if his knee was allowed to even bend. It was. Ooh, our guy looked stiff. I was worried about him. There was a time, yeah, when he, he went to the bench early, uh, and then on the sideline he got to walk back towards the scorer's table, and it looked like he wasn't bending his like his ankle. Like his knee, his leg would kind of swing out to the side to get his foot <laughs> high enough off the ground. Um, but ended up playing 31 minutes, second most of anybody playing tonight. Arms and O'Banner both had 33. Then McCuller had 31. Malik... No, Bryson Williams had 30. Clarence Nadolny, dudes everywhere, 29 minutes. Davion Warren, 23. Um, and to top that off, McCuller came back in, had 12 points. We had five guys in double figures. We didn't have anybody go off. Like Bryson Williams did against Kansas, didn't have anybody scoring 20. But you had Nadolny at 11, McCuller at 12, O'Banner and Williams at 13, and Adonis Arms at 14. Yeah, and you know, of those twelve by McCuller, he hit two big threes. I mean, one of them was early on when I think when Tech was down pretty, pretty far, uh, and another beautiful one in the corner right in front of the bench towards the end of the game. I, I, I wanted to mention this briefly. I know that you guys covered the Kansas game, and thanks to Rob for uh, stepping in for me. I wasn't able to log on the Spotify green room after the Kansas upset the other upset of the week uh y'all both covered Clarence Nadolny and I think Rob was specific specifically mentioning hope to see him get to continue to play you know felt like he had shown enough that he should be out there playing even if the guys are healthy and they're coming back and I felt like this is kind of what we wanted to see because like he mentioned, we've been rooting for Nadolny for like three years now. <laughs> and he got 29 minutes tonight. He started on the road against the number one team in the country. Really played well. Five for six from the field, man. Yeah. He missed His only miss was kind of a, a wild three-pointer at the end, which would have been awesome if it had gone in, but it didn't. That's only one of, one of three from free throws. And, man, free throws from this team have not been the best, but... Uh, they were five of seven tonight, which is weird. Seems like that's a very low amount of free throws to shoot. But Nadolny, man, our guy, he was everywhere, just like he was against Kansas, just like he is every time he gets meaningful minutes. He had he he logged a stat in every category except a block. So he he was just everywhere. Um, I love to see it. that Adonis Arms has two blocks tonight oh, from a man. guard. I think one of them was just a nasty one from, uh, I remember it was in the bottom left of the screen. He blocked a three-pointer. The guy had no idea he was coming, and arms just like jumped from the seven feet away <laughs> and just, just swiped it out of bounds. And, and tried to, he almost grabbed it. He almost like swiped it and grabbed it. I also love- always just like a pro move to me. I love, I love when players are somehow able to, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to swat your mess and I'm going to clean it up at the same time and just hang on to it. I also love that he, uh, he dunked on one of Baylor's bigger players. Um, Meyer, uh, let's see, starting forward for, yeah, Matthew Meyer, number 24 had the ridiculous mullet. Um, oh yeah. With the, um, Oh my gosh, this reminds me of this. I don't want to say his name because I don't need to say someone's first and last name. But there was this kid named Johnny in first grade. And he had hair exactly like that. Merkel, Texas, 1990. And it was it had the little zigzags on the side and the mullet. And I mean, I'm I'm not dogging it. I think it's I think it's a pretty pretty cool look. He can pull it off. Yeah, I was uh I was surprised that he was able to do that in the lane against one of their bigger players as, um, you know, as a guard. What I, th- what I can appreciate, you didn't shoot very well from three, only 28%. Um, you only took 14 in the game though. So it's not like you were just jacking up a bunch of threes and, you know, uh, had a bunch of empty possessions that way. 
you shot 51% from the field for the game. You were really efficient. Uh, again, just like with Baylor or sorry, with Kansas, I loved you getting down and getting points in the paint. Texas Tech had 36 points in the paint tonight. Um, over half of all their points, they had, what, 39 against Kansas and only allowed uh, only allowed Kansas 18 points in the paint. Baylor had 22. Yeah. Like this no middle defense is flexing right now. There was also a stretch. It was in that run when, when Texas Tech came back, uh, I think, you know, it was early in, the, in the, the second half, but it was throughout most of the second half. They were all over, like, it's like they were reading the quarterback, like they were playing zone defense, sitting back, waiting for the quarterback to make a mistake. They were all over Baylor's passes. They were tipping. They were, like, intercepting it like it was meant for them. And it was off to the races. Um, McCuller had two steals on back-to-back possessions. The second one he ended up losing because he, w- he was going to the floor and then uh, tried to pass it up to, I think it was Nodoni, but he wasn't quite ready for it. Uh, yeah. He ended up turning it back over to Baylor. But there were, like I said, two possessions back-to-back where McCuller was all over his man uh, and stole it. Ha- had a runaway uh not free throw layup and the second one like I said ended in a, in a quick turnover but man it's not just that they're they're making teams take bad shots is that they're like this reminds me of the height of the suffocating nature of this defense where they have to effort and exert so much energy throughout the entire possession to get a halfway decent look at a shot um, yes, there are some breakdowns where they, they'll, they'll find somebody open in the lane or, you know, that Baylor had those couple of, of lobs there, uh, you know, th- through the defense. But just like you saw with, with Kansas this weekend, the defense forced Baylor to take a lot of clock, a lot of time in the half court offense to move the ball around to find not a great look at a shot. Um, and like Kansas, Baylor's a good offensive team uh, that was able to keep this game close because of it. But I think when Texas Tech, if Texas Tech is able to play like this kind of defense against the rest of the conference, basically, because I don't, I don't know if any other team is offensively as talented as Baylor and Kansas are. Like, you're going to see a lot of really low scoring games. Like, Baylor had 62 tonight. Uh, Kansas had 67, which was their lowest output of the season so far. Like this, this defense, no joke, legit. And I think a lot of people, especially the national pundits that were like, oh, look at Mark Adams. What a nice win after the Kansas game. Now they're like, holy crap, he's oh, done it twice in three days. There's something there. There may be yeah. something there. So There's something to this. It's in, it's in the dirt, Michael. Yeah. Well, and, and you talk <laughs> about defense. Exhibit A is the last... Uh, I don't I guess it wasn't the last play of the game, but the last, last possession. Of the game. You got Santo Silva out there at the top of the key playing knockdown lights out defense on a guard and just step for step moving with him, you know, moving his body, great footwork, not fouling just in the shot that they got to go back to what you were saying. That's exactly what you wanted. You wanted a contested wild three with less than a second left on the clock. And no fouls, no nothing, not even a, a borderline question mark foul. And back to, I, I don't want to, uh, I'm trying not to talk about refs, but I thought, you know, you look at Tech's last two games. Tech was able to play defense. They they called 26 fouls tonight. That's fantastic. It was like 12 and 13. I think 12 against Baylor, 13 against Tech, or so it's 25. Whatever it was. Yeah. It's 12 and 13. You're right. And that's, those are the type of games that tech's really going to be in because they can take some more risks and they can bump a little bit and they can, you know, cause Baylor was doing that too. It was a physical game, but it never got out of hand. It was never one of those things where, um, Oh, well they're not calling anything. Well, I'm just going to start hacking people. It, it wasn't, mm-hmm. it was just good basketball. And that felt that same way against Kansas. Um, you know, Providence is the one that keeps coming back to me that that game was called so tight and there was 50 something fouls 
those are the type of games that tech's going to have to really be careful. Um, and hopefully they learn from that. But man, tonight, this was just right in their wheelhouse. They played just beautiful defense, just suffocating defense again. Um, and, and you brought up earlier the fact that they scored so much in the paint and they weren't settling for threes. I mean, you had guys with five assists. McCuller had five assists on his own. So did Adonis. Uh, Bryson Williams was finding guys. He was getting doubled and finding guys. He found mm-hmm. McCuller for one of those big threes. Uh, O'Banner, same thing. They were, they were able to work the double team and, and get the ball around to the open man, to the guy cutting to the basket. Um, gosh, they were doing so well with that against Kansas. You know, those backdoor cuts on the baseline, they had three or four that were just perfect. And they're, they're starting to find those again. And I was listening to a little bit of the pregame coverage on 97.3 today, and they brought that up to Adams. And Adams said, hey, that's not anything we've been working on. That's just part of the offense. And as those those uh, you know situations become available, that's what they're told to do. So it wasn't like they, hey, we're going to work on backdoor cuts this week before the Jayhawks come to town. That was just the guys knowing um, – you know, how to run the offense and seeing what was on the court and taking advantage of it. I'm, I'm very excited. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> this was a heck of a win, man. I mean, we came into this week thinking we would, I think my exact words were best case scenario, going one and three in these three games. And they went two and three or two and one or wait, 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 you know what I meant to say? Yeah. Win one out of the three games. Yeah, that was what I meant to say. And, and they won we, two. Yeah, and 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 we were both right. We said our you know best shot was to beat Kansas at home, and you did. Um, and I I also remember saying like if like I I would feel fine with one and two, but if you end up losing one of those two games like in a close game, I'd be really mad. I'm mm-hmm. frustrated that we didn't win the Iowa State game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like and you know looking back, having seven players and, and missing McCuller and. Shannon and uh, Malik Bacho. Wilson and Bacho and Agbo, like you, you were down to a good core of players, but not your best. And you pushed the like it was. I think they were eleventh at the time when you played them in Ames. You pushed them to the final minute of that game. They were pretty close to full strength, if not you know completely healthy, ready to go. On the road, you pushed a, a nearly top 10 team at home to the brink with seven of not your best players. Um, and we're like, man, like if we were like, if we're healthy, if we had this game at home, like this is a big win for tech. Um, so that's one, what I love. I love, sorry. I, I love that Iowa state's coming back. We're going to play them so soon next Tuesday. We get them a week yes. from tonight. Yes. So um, it's, it's two weeks between those two games. I absolutely love that. And I cannot wait. We also have two games until then too. Oh my We've gosh. Got I know Oklahoma state 6 PM on Thursday night. They are playing West Virginia and I can get you a score update here in just a second. It, when I, when I turned it off to come do this, they were tied at 10. Um, I actually have it pulled up. I think that's not halftime yet. No, but, no, no, no. Yeah. I've, I, I've got 12 minutes left. West Virginia is running out 51 37. Yep. Um, so that's, that's in West Virginia. Uh, so we get Oklahoma state on Thursday night. This is the, the makeup game from the first that got canceled. And then we have Kansas State on Saturday. Kansas State not playing tonight. Are they? Do they play? I think their last game. West Virginia on Saturday, on the road, sixty-eight seventy-one. They lost, they lost by three. Uh, Oklahoma State did beat Texas by thirteen at home, um, on Saturday. So we get them, but it'll be back in Lubbock Thursday night. Like I said, six p.m. Kansas State Saturday the fifteenth, eleven a.m. I don't like the eleven a.m. tip, but um, other games in the Big Twelve tonight: Iowa State at Kansas. We we talked about that a little while ago. Iowa State lost by one on the road there in 
Lawrence, Oklahoma at Texas, Oklahoma. Uh, it looks like they will lose like 10 seconds left. They're down 15. <laughs> looks like it. It's, it's pretty much done. It's a good bounce back, I guess, for uh, Chris Beard and the Longhorns after losing by 13 on the road. But Oklahoma, mm-hmm. like Oklahoma's supposed to be pretty dang good. Um, they, they've got a lot of talent there and, um, Porter Moser. I, I was blanking on his name. He's a heck of a coach. Like they, they yeah, stole him from, I like him. I do too. Um, I, I remember I, I didn't really follow him much at all. Uh, you know, but I watched the big 12 media days cause I was really interested to see what Adams and McCullough and the other guys are going to say, but he, he really was impressive. I, I just like, he seems earnest and he seems like a hardworking guy who's really smart. So I, I think that was a great hire by them. And it sounds like Kruger's got his, he's got his blessing and everything's just kind of all going pretty smoothly. Yeah. I mean, not that I care. I, I hate the Sooners, but they are 12 and three right now. I guess they're 12 and four after losing to Texas tonight. Uh, does it surprise you that a 12 and two Bob Huggins coached, West Virginia team is not ranked. Does that surprise you? I mean, I know it's kind of early, but that surprises me. Maybe they had a really weak schedule, but so did Tech. Tech had a really soft schedule. Uh, let, let me go back through their December schedule. Uh, so their non-conference, December they played Radford, UConn, a ranked UConn team that, they, that West Virginia did beat. Uh, Big East, Big 12 battle, 56-53. Kent State, UAB, Youngtown, Youngstown State. Um, Oakland, Pittsburgh, Elon, Marquette. They lost to Marquette, and they beat Clemson. Eastern Kentucky, Bellarmine. So, like, they, they've had one decent match, one decent game. Uh, yeah. losing it to UConn, whereas Texas Tech has played Providence, Tennessee, Gonzaga. And now we're three games into Big 12 play. Yeah, two I guess and one. So. It's, by the way, it's just still kind of. I don't know. I, I don't trust an unranked twelve and two West Virginia with Bob Huggins at the helm. I just feel like there's they're going to be a good team. But, we, but yeah, uh, they're winning right now, fifty one thirty seven still um, against Oklahoma State. Texas Tech will play that West Virginia and Bob Huggins team January twenty second. So not this Saturday, but next Saturday. 11 a.m. here in the Hub City. All right, so Ken Palm, all props to you, Ken Pomeroy, for updating the stats and rankings seconds after the buzzer. Has Texas Tech now at 15th overall in the country. These are updated, like I said, after the Baylor game. Adjusted offense jumped up to 50th. Um, and adjusted D defense is now up to 4th. And the opponent's defense and offense have both jumped way up. We're now in the 250s for both, whereas they were in the 350s uh, at this point last week. Obviously, it helps after you play Iowa State, Kansas, and Baylor now. Um, Haslametrics has not updated, but going into the Baylor game, they he had you at 32nd with an offensive efficiency of 57th and a defensive efficiency at 9th. I believe both of those should be going up a little bit. Yeah, you would think. You would think they might... <clears throat> they might move up a little bit. Uh, just, I mean, if, if McCullers back in the lineup, that offense is way more efficient. But I can't wait. I, I, I don't want to rush him back. And if he decides it's not like this isn't his season, but if we can get Shannon back too, man, this team could be really special. Not that it's not like fantastic. Now I, I love it. Um, we did hear that Sardar, Sardar Cal, Calhoun is transferring out of the program. Uh, does make some room for Jalen Tyson, the transfer who had committed to Texas Tech, followed Chris Beard to Texas, played in a handful of games. He said, announced that he's transferring to Texas Tech. He may be on campus in the next few days, enrolled in the spring semester, working out, practicing with the team. Will not be eligible this season to play, but should be ready to go for the 2022-2023 season, um, which now marks... The Mark Adams now has got the commitments of two of Tech's top ten all-time recruits, and Jalen Tyson and Isaacs, I believe, is is, a, is the other guy. 
I believe some services even had Jalen Tyson as a five-star coming out of high school. So really excited to get him on campus. Certainly going to help in practices and all that kind of stuff, as it, you know, depending on how much he's involved. But did announce this week he's transferring to Texas Tech and should be here on campus um, with the team relatively quickly. We did mention the upcoming schedule Thursday night, the 13th. Oklahoma State 8-5, and 1-1 one and one on the season, although it looks like they will drop to 8-6, and 1-2. and two. We'll be on ESPN Plus at 6 p.m. Saturday, Saturday morning, ESPN 2, Kansas State 8-6, and 0-3 so far in Big 12 play. Um, I, I, I don't want to count them out, but like they are going to be one of the teams that just aren't competing for the Big 12 this year. Um, down there, I believe, with TCU. Oh, man, both purple schools. Let's see who's, uh, yeah. who's last. I, know, um, I, I feel like Kansas State's really – a lot of their fan base is wearing thin on Weber. I think they're getting – this might be it. I don't know. But having said that though, like man, like being the number 10 team in the big 12 is not really all that bad. Uh, if you look at their Kansas state is ranked 72nd, according to Haslametrics. Uh, that's ahead of SMU Vanderbilt, Wichita state, Louisville, Penn state, Arkansas, um, Oregon, Virginia, which is surprising. TCU down there at 93, Texas A&M 95. Um, it's kind of lonely up here towards the top with all these teams that you would think would have good basketball teams and programs. But um, again, uh, saying that 72nd, it's not that they're going to be like a, a cupcake opponent, still a big 12 opponent. They're still going to have talented guys on that team. Um, and then you got next Tuesday night, a week from tonight, Iowa State again, ESPNU. 8 p.m. We'll have our recording going and give you a live instant reaction uh, as that game finishes. Um, Michael, anything else you want to talk about? Foot, uh, baseball. One of the three sports. <laughs> basketball. Football. Baseball. Basketball. Anything you want to talk about basketball before we move on to the oblong pigskin? Yeah. I, not a whole lot. I've just... I came into this game not expecting... Um, I mean, I expected Tech to compete, just kind of like I have the last three games. I expected Tech to compete with seven guys in Ames, and they did. And, you know, obviously they did against Kansas, and definitely they did tonight. And, uh, you know, they just keep adding players back, and it's just so much better to, to get Wills, uh, Wilson back and you know, McCuller back, and Bacho has been back in the rotation. So um, I'm... I'm excited where this goes. Um, you know, Oklahoma State, that's, like you said, all these teams are still Big 12 teams. Tech can't take a game or two off and be, quote-unquote, looking ahead to Iowa State or whatever. But, uh, man, am I looking ahead to Iowa State. Um, and so, like Spencer said, we will have our recording that night. So we might be recording at the tail end of the game. But who knows? We may have to hit up Spotify Green Room somewhere between now and then. For those of you who don't know or who missed out on the first five minutes of the podcast, Spotify Groom is a live audio-only sports talk flat platform. It's free to download and to use. You can talk to me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Spotify Green Room is free. It's an audio-only social media platform for sports fans. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app free. It's in your iOS or Google Play Store. Create a profile. Join our group. You can follow me at Michael McDonald to be notified when the room goes live. I probably won't notify you very much. You should really follow Spencer. So follow Spencer at Spencer Rogers. He will notify you when the room is going live. He and Rob recorded a great 20-minute instant reaction after the Kansas game this past Saturday. So we may be trying to do that off and on throughout the year. And we may not know when we're going to do it. So you've got to download the app. Spencer will notify you. And then that will be your cue to come with your spiciest takes. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe, uh, maybe we get on Thursday night too. I don't know. Well, there's so many games this week. We'll have to play it by ear, see if we're available, but 
that may be a thing we do this week. We may have two instant reactions um, as we have four games this week. So <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of basketball, which is is not a complaint from me. Well, kind of, because I, I hate that they have to play that many. But I, I like that I get to watch that many. Selfishly. It's about me, Spencer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Just going to keep rambling because I can tell you're typing something over there. I'm trying to catch a, a moment of silence, man, to get the ad break in there. All right. Let's, uh, let's get to football, man. Chuck keeps himself. Made two guys miss. Touchdown. Two now in the end zone. Picked off him. And it's picked off. Pick six. Jeffers. Slager able to escape. And that picked off. Back-to-back turnovers and water. One of the other way. Down the sideline. Touchdown. Pick six. 70 yards. Marquise Waters. Play fake. Finds Tharp again. And he's in the end zone for his first collegiate touchdown. The deep ball down the middle. It's caught. Touchdown. Texas Tech. Miles Price. 39 yards for the score. Action Purdy. Picked off at the 20-yard line. Smith to throw it. Has a man downfield, and Texas Tech finds the end zone. It's McLean Manic 
Brooks. Brooks to the left side to the five. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Smith. Find a little time. Throwing to the back of the end zone. At 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good! It is good! It is good! Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal! Oh, my God! Can you believe that? Wow! All right, man, with that, let's talk some football Nothing specific, uh, major. Uh, let's say nothing major really happening with Tech Tech football right now. Uh, we did. We have seen a couple of what I would assume are preferred walk-ons announce their commitment to Texas Tech, mm-hmm. whether it's through transfer or they're coming over from JUCO. Um, I think again the biggest thing is we talked about it all through November, early December. You're not. You aren't hearing any transfers coming out of out of Texas Tech, and I think that's still something that we need to to praise, heap praise on our man Joey McGuire. He's keeping the team intact, building on on what we have there. Obviously, with the great recruiting class that's coming in, still have three weeks to go to build out the, this last piece of the recruiting class. Um, as signing day is the, the second signing day. Coming up in the first week of December, uh, you do have a couple of guys committed that you expect to sign uh, then. Excuse me. I'm looking at transfers coming in. It looks like you got another transfer. Um, let's see. When when did this announce? Sorry. It's the uh, four days ago. Excuse me. January 7th, Jordan Brown announces he's transferring from Kansas to Texas Tech, originally out of DeSoto, um, was listed as an athlete, 5'10", 160, uh, new player coming into Texas Tech, obviously you so got bringing those Texas boys home, like you said. Oh, for sure. Wide receiver Joshua Moore coming over from Texas, um, interesting player that like, you know, he was, he was thought to be a big part of their receiving rotation looked like he had a, a blow up with the staff. Um, actually had a decent game against Texas tech this, this, uh, this fall. Um, but Hurtful. We'll, <laughs> he will be part of the red Raiders offensive lineman coming over from New Mexico or Nevada. Cade Briggs. Is that Nevada? Am I looking at that? No, New Mexico. Yeah, that's right. Offensive lineman, Cade Briggs, six, four, two eighty seven. wide receiver, Brady Boyd coming from Minnesota. Defensive back Tyler Owens coming from Texas. Linebacker Dimitri Moore coming from Missouri State, also originally from the great state. Uh, and then you're looking to sign Gavin Freeman, who did say he was still anticipating signing in February. Eric Gray, the offensive lineman from Amarillo, still not sure if uh, that commitment's going to be um, honored. But I guess he, I guess he did commit after Joy McGuire, but... Um, there was some talk about whether or not he was going to end up signing with Texas Tech. And then obviously you still have some space for, from some high school guys. Uh, McGuire said he's still going after offensive and defensive linemen. Um, so again, not hearing too much about any Texas Tech players leaving. Um, let's pull this up real quick. Trey John Lewis, uh, defensive lineman, Sterling Galvan, wide receiver and that's it. Kyron Cumbie running back that never played after he transferred in from Illinois or Indiana. I can't remember, but I'm, I'm adding a link to our, to our little doc here. I want you to see it. So Texas tech football apparently tweeted out uh, after the basketball game, <clears throat> Because, of course, Joey McGuire had everybody, the whole football team, I don't know. I'm just going to assume it was the whole football team. It was a bunch of them. They were all together watching the basketball team. And so there's a bunch of pictures of players and McGuire going nuts and players going nuts. And they're all eating food and hanging out. So that's awesome. You just, you just, you just love to see it, Spencer. 
it's it's January and the the guys are all hanging out watching tech basketball and just enjoying the heck out of it. And who wouldn't enjoy? Hey, by the way, winning against the number one team in the country on the road. Oh, has for Tech sure. ever done that? Has has they? I, I wish I would have had the time to figure that out. I'm actually going to look up. I'm going to see what Don Williams has tweeted because he's very <laughs> reliable about tweeting great stuff and tidbits on that. I'm sorry I'm back on basketball, but not not you thought I was done, but I'm not. Well, well here we go. It's football related, and there is a there's also a, a video from this room. It looks like they're they're in the the main hallway there at the football training facility, all gathered together watching the game. It looked like they're eating pizza, but there's a video of the last possession. The players, everybody there, watching the game and, and celebrating and cheering as the Baylor chucks up a, a three, misses, clanks off the iron. Now, <clears throat> Williams did, Don Williams, he he did deliver, but not completely. I mean, how dare he not know what stat I wanted him to look up. But he did confirm that Tech's last number one, or number, uh, excuse me, last win over number one team was against Louisville. In December 2019 at Madison Square Garden, I did not remember them being ranked number one at the time, but I guess they were. You know what? That I, was just kind of a weird feeling game. I, and I remember that game. I was actually out with our with my my department for our, our Christmas dinner outing, whatever. Uh, we were at La Serena, uh, mm-hmm. and I was watching that game on my phone, uh, hating life because that. Oh my gosh, that menu. Yeah, stupid. I remember you got some. Got so <laughs> mad, and I'm getting Whataburger on the way home. I have done that that type of thing before. <clears throat> so I just yeah, I, don't I don't understand how you can win. you can Go put ahead. an enchilada on the menu and serve it to me like a lasagna over salad. <sighs> yeah, the, this over the that's such a it was weird, almost a turnoff, but that's not really right. But it kind of is because people either don't mind or hate warm lettuce. There's not a lot of people who love it. Like I don't mind it. It's fine. If I had if ordered a salad on my plate, I will. It's fine. If there's warm lettuce on my wife's plate, it is the worst possible thing. She's like scooting it away and she is not a picky eater, but that's just not her thing. So, and I don't know if there's anybody like, Oh, Oh man, that place has the warmest lettuce. <laughs> I just love me some warm lettuce. That's just where I go. It's just so good. It's just such comfort food to me, man. Just get some, get some greens. And don't really cook them. Just make them, make them, uh, you know, steamy and warm. <laughs> That's too far, man. That's too far. All right. You want to talk about the, the national title game last night? Did you watch it? I, you did, I was, didn't you? Yeah. You, you were, you were so opposed. Like, I, you know, I'm going to watch this game. I absolutely did not. I played, I played farming simulator oh my gosh. and then I read a book and I went to bed, not knowing the score. I accidentally saw at one point on Twitter that, someone was up 12 to 13 and then I did wake up this morning. I checked the score. I saw that Georgia had a big fourth quarter blah, blah, blah. The SEC wins. That's great. I will. So I was, I was more into the game than I thought I would be. Although one, my seven-year-old, <laughs> God bless him. He needed headphones for as part of his school supplies. He needs over the ear headphones. They have iPads in the school district, but they needed headphones because they were doing some of their state testing and they do it electronically and they need each student to have headphones. We had to go buy his third set of headphones this school year. Losing them? Breaking them. Oh, I think that's, I don't know. Is that worse? I don't know if that's worse. I think losing would be worse. Here's the thing. The parts that are broken, it's not that like they're broken from use. The last pair were broken because he legitimately gnawed through the cable like a squirrel. (laughs) What what does this have to do with the championship game? So I was, we were, we had to go out last night to the store to go buy his. So I missed like, I missed most of the first half of the game. Um, Well, no, I, I missed most the first quarter, got back the second quarter, so bored. I was like, this, this is so stupid. This, this reminds me of the Alabama LSU game 10 years ago, whenever it was, when they had a rematch for the national title game, you're like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. It was like the nine to six game, whenever it was. It was basically all field goals till the 
fourth quarter last night, right? Yeah, and then and then the second half is like the end of the third quarter and the fourth quarter got really exciting, especially if you're a Georgia fan. I enjoyed it because I, I I was kind of pulling for Georgia because I didn't want Alabama to win. Um, so that was fun to watch. Like, it was entertaining. That quarter yeah. was entertaining. It was entertaining football. That's that's really what I, what I wanted to say. I'd had a discussion with my friend Adam before the game, and we were both like, I just I'm just not feeling. It. I'm not getting into it. And he told me later that he did he did watch it and he said, man, it really was good. It was, I, I got pulled into it pretty easily once you, once he started watching it. And I, I get that because it was, it sounded like it was probably just a physical game, one that you'd enjoy just either way. And, um, but no, I didn't, I didn't partake in the A&M love fest. I didn't have anything to do with it. So I just, this was kind of my, spot for you to give your thoughts on the national championship game <laughs> since you're the only one of the two of us who watched it yeah and, and like i said it was fine i um the one thing that i noticed and i i shouldn't be surprised because it's really all they ever talk about when you talk about sec football is just how big and fast they are physicality but like no joke that there were some absolute freaks on the georgia defense their middle linebacker chased down Bryce Young for a sack. <laughs> and he looks like a freaking uh, transformer. <laughs> I think his name is Tyndall. I don't know, dude. Like, number 41 on the Georgia defense. Um, Steelers, Chiefs. Tyndall. Yeah, and then... um. Yeah, I was going to add the the Steelers game, the Chiefs game on our schedule for NFL playoffs. You're talking about yeah, the Steelers yeah. game. What the heck is a Steelers game? So he's six two two thirty. So that doesn't even sound that big, but like I don't know if it's just like if they put him in a medium uh, uniform or what, dude. Like I was intimidated watching this man play in Indianapolis. I was like, holy <laughs> hell, this guy's going to kill somebody. <laughs> he's going to come get me in my dreams. Yeah. Um, Anyways, like that was just unbelievable just to, to watch. And if you want to go back, like if you watch any highlights of it, just watch for number 41 on Georgia, Channing Tendall. All right. Um, NFL playoffs to start this weekend just because we, we've got some teams of interest with our, our listeners. Uh, 49ers squeaking into the playoffs, man. That they came back, was it, they were down 17. I forget what it was. Was that the overtime game? And then went to overtime to make it yeah. into the playoffs. Uh, so they squeak in. We will face the Cowboys Sunday afternoon at 3.30. Uh, Sunday night, Steelers at the Chiefs. Our boy Patrick Mahomes going to put Big Ben down for good. <laughs> well, you know, he's retiring. And Just putting it, putting him down, though. Yeah, put him out of his misery. Like, oh, great, you made the playoff in your last your last season. That's nice, Pat. Pat, I like oh. how you doubled down. I, I said I kind of brought up oh, putting him down, and then you're like, yeah, yeah, put him out of his misery. Yeah, just, just go ahead and end his, his career. I just mean, not shoot like him, shoot him in the face is basically <laughs> what you're saying. I mean, Mahomes will have anything to do with that part. Oh, okay. um, but the defense has been playing much, much better than the, the beginning yes, of the season. Have. Did and, you watch any of that game against the Bengals? I I typically do it, not enjoy AFC football, so no. It wasn't this week. <laughs> it was last week. Um, since college football is basically over. It is now. Uh, back, back to my friend Adam. I'm shouting out to him twice. He, he loves the NFL, and he really keeps up with it and watches it a lot. But for some reason, and I like it too, but for some reason... Like I'm footballed out almost by Sunday during during college football season. So Sunday rolls around. If the Cowboys game is on or the Chiefs or the Cardinals, which we don't get the Cardinals much here, I will have football on in the house, but I'm not like sitting down appointment TV. But I did have some appointment TV um, week 17, I guess it was. And I think I watched almost three full games. It was wonderful. I loved it. I got fully sucked back into the NFL because – college is over my brain has space for more football i'm not sure what it is it's like a writer's block thing but that to say i'm super excited about steelers at chiefs and then monday our guy a monday night game which is kind of odd i don't know if they've ever done that before or if they've only done it a handful of times cliff kingsbury traveling 
to L.A. to take on the Rams. Cardinals-Rams Monday at 7.15. Our guy, Kingsbury's had a – he's had a rough – you know, I forget what he's, he's – he's gone like four – no, one and five or something to finish the year. Not great. Uh, I did get to see one of those wins. It was, it was against, against the Cowboys. Against the Cowboys. <laughs> so that day I got to watch the Chiefs Bengals and then I got to watch the Cardinals Cowboys in the same, you know, back to back. That Bengals game is great. Joey Burrow is going to, he's a guy I'm going to be rooting for. He's hard not to root for. And he and Mahomes just, that's going to be a fun battle to watch over the years. Cause you know, they're going to meet up quite a bit, obviously in the same conference they will, but um, you know, possibly playoffs and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, I kind of I'm, rambled about NFL for five minutes. Your, your turn to speak. I was going to say, I'm always going to remember uh, that picture of Joey Burrow after they won the title. And like, he's in the locker room with his legs crossed with a giant cigar, just yes. like all chilled out. I was like, what, what, what a man. Like, <laughs> yeah, what? That's, that's my guy. He's my guy right there. All right. And he played great. I no, mean, I absolutely. A, no. But, yeah. It, it's, I was just talking about the chiefs game. They, I mean, they got some fortunate calls a few times in, you know, they were at first and goal for, I think, seven plays. I don't know that that's not quite accurate, but it's close. Um, but it was, it was still just a really good battle. I mean, they did all they could to keep the ball out of Pat Mahomes hands for the Patrick, excuse me, Randy, Patrick Mahomes, hands for the last gosh, five minutes or six and they did it. I think that's that's why they won. That and a few fortunate calls, however you want to spin that. It was, even though I was rooting for the Chiefs, because I always am, NFL, I can kind of detach myself some more. Mm-hmm. And I just enjoyed it for the game it was. Just a really close, hard-fought game with really good players. All right. And, and now the playoffs. <laughs> now the playoffs. Um, not expecting the Cowboys to make it to the like maybe not even the NFC championship game, but um, I, I don't know, man. Like there it's, it's such a weird thing to like to try to follow this team because the stats say like how great of an offense they are. And then I watch the games. And I'm like, Dak Prescott sucks. <laughs> and like, you just, the only and thing then he, you watch is no, I know. And then I, I, I watch a game and like, he's terrible. And like two weeks later, they drop 50 points on the Eagles. It's like, why? And and that was that was their their last game because I think the Eagles weren't playing anybody on defense, but they they scored forty points on them a couple like two weeks before. So they ended up scoring more than ninety points on the Eagles this year, and the best scoring offense in the league it was like, man, like the games I watched, they're <laughs> just clunkers, man. And I, I just didn't get all the love. Um, anyways, I think with that though, we're gonna jump to what we learned to wrap this up, maybe in record time for having an in season podcast. Uh, and then uh, wrap this up. But let's get to what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. So I had I had something in mind. I should have written it down. Um, man, so just really my uh, the past couple of weeks, I think it started with the, with the, the bowl game. I, I probably mentioned this already. Our youngest son is just over a year old. I guess he's coming up on, on 18 months. Um, he's now at the point of his development where he mimics your actions and behaviors. Um, and we've, we've been watching a lot of games and he started to put both hands above his head and just go like, ah, cause we've been yelling and cheering. <laughs> and so we've got him, uh, basically taught him how to put his guns up. Cause he'll watch a game and then we'll clap and he'll clap and then he'll do the, ah, with his hands up like he's cheering. Um, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say that, you know, it's a great time to be teaching your children to love Texas tech because my one-year-old will cheer with us like he did tonight with the basketball game. Loved it. Well, So, so this was technically what he learned. Well, sure. But <laughs> well, it's better than what I've got. Cause I'm still over here. Just, I'm still reaching. I'm reaching. I don't know if I learned anything. This, I, I learned that uh, that a lot of okay. Here's what I learned. I learned that a lot of people are learning that Mark Adams mm. 
is Mark Adams. <laughs> that, that he's the culture guy at Texas Tech. And that n- not that he's building the culture at Texas Tech, but that it he built it. And that when Chris Beard left, it didn't actually change anything at Texas Tech. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you see, are you going to see Spider-Man No Way Home? I've already seen it. I saw it on the on New Year's Day. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, guys. So spoilers for Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I saw it finally this last Thursday because we were sick all over Christmas and my daughter was sick this week. So it's just been awesome. Just a lot of sick going around for the last three weeks. Quick Go question. Ahead. Did you yes. cry? I teared up at one point. Yeah, you did. I did too. That's fine. Well, I'm probably, not, I'm not probably multiple, probably multiple points. I can't tell you exactly. Oh, okay. Like we said, you're probably going to miss like three minutes of Spider-Man talk. So if you just shut off now, no problem. So definite Misty when Aunt May died. Mm -hmm. That was, that was pretty rough. The, what really got it was the, her spin on the great power, great responsibility thing as she was dying. Tough, tough hang. Uh, Toby McGuire getting stabbed. That was rough. What I I was I was for sure when that happened, like he was going to die. I did too. That's and, why. And then the like other Spider Man comes over and picks him. Was, was like, I've been stabbed before. I'm fine. It's yeah, like, I was. <laughs> you just got impaled by was, Green Goblin, dude. I was overly emotional because I thought, oh my god, they're going to kill him off. They're going to kill off. To, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. This is insane. So I was overly emotional for it, and then later on, it was yeah, it was played off like it was nothing. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine. I'm cool with that. All that to say, the reason I brought this up, if y'all go through Tech's Twitter feed and the celebration video they had of the team after the Kansas game, they're all hanging out. You know, they're bouncing around. Nadolny comes in the room. Everybody goes nuts, including Nadolny. And then a couple of guys, I think arms might've been the first one to see him. They see that Adams is coming down the hallway. And so Adams is coming in the room. And if you thought they're allowed for Nadolny, they went absolutely bonkers for Adams. And he comes in there all jumping around and dancing. And he's like, you know, shadow boxing with them. And I love that he boxes. <laughs> yeah. That's just like, his he doesn't instinct. dance. He's, he gets... dancing. he's boxing man. <laughs> and the, that just reminded me if you, if you saw no way home, because after I saw it, I went back and, and dug up some YouTube clips of people watching it live in a packed theater, a la like Avengers Endgame and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and that was exactly how it was. Like Andrew Garfield came on the screen and everybody was like, oh my gosh, this is what? What? This is great. And then McGuire came on and people just lost it. People just absolutely lost it. So that was my thing. Back to what you said. Mark Adams is the culture guy. Mm-hmm. He is Tobey Maguire coming into the No Way Home movie after Nadalny just walked in after a career best game and still getting the biggest ovation. And then uh, let me just say, like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies weren't all that great, but Tobey, how dare you? How dare you? Hold on, hold on. (laughs) Tobey Maguire in this Spider-Man movie, like it was like icing on the cake. It like it finished. It it was finesse move. And then. Right there, as they're going, as they're going into the final battle scenes, like the other, you know, Garfield and, and McGuire, they're giving their pep talks basically to, um, it's not, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. It's not Tom Hardy. Garfield, Holland. Oh, oh, Tom Holland. Yeah. And they both say like they've lost Aunt May and Uncle Ben, like, and they gave their their side of the great uh, responsibility speeches, like, whole. Oh. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that kind of brought it all together. Um, I think McGuire was, I really liked seeing him in there because I've read a lot of stuff about this since I watched it. So these thoughts aren't all mine, but there's stuff I agree with his superhero version of Spider-Man is not like what we see with Marvel, Spider-Man, Sony, whatever these days, it's he wasn't sarcastic he wasn't quippy he wasn't this i mean the closest comparison to him in the mcu is probably captain america and that's not even completely accurate you know everybody's so quippy and everybody's got something going on whereas toby mcguire's peter parker was just a straight up you know 26 year old actor playing a 
junior in high school from Brooklyn or whatever. Right. <laughs> you know, but it was, he was, um, just kind of a, a wholesome guy who was trying to do the right thing and wasn't super cool and wasn't, didn't say the right stuff. And so I liked seeing him against these other two guys who are great at what they do. They're good actors. I like their versions of Spider-Man too, even though the only version of Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man I've ever seen was in no way home. Cause I haven't seen the other two, Same. but watching him, I thought, man, maybe I should check these other two out. Jamie Foxx was great. It seemed like he was, he had a lot of fun in that role. So I kind of felt like I should check that out. I like Emma, Emma stone. Um, even though spoiler alert, I know what happens in that movie now, but that's fine. All that to say, Tobey Maguire was great. I really liked those Spider-Man movies and I'm a little older than you. So maybe that's part of it because they came out right as I was a junior. The first one came out junior, senior year. I think I can't remember. One of the only movies I've seen twice in the theater was Spider-Man. Oh, wow. That and Phantom Menace. And Phantom Menace was because oh, man. our physics class went to see Phantom Menace. And I'd already seen it. I was like, oh, okay, I'll go again. All right. I think that'll do it for us on the 23 Personal Podcast. We've, we've shifted now from, from where food and sports clash the goal line to movie reviews and critiques. Super excited about the basketball game this week uh, with Baylor. You've got Oklahoma State, Kansas State coming up this weekend. Uh, be ready for that. So for Michael, I'm Spencer. This has been the 23 Personal Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.